Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shechebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shechebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren, and may they only share in Simachot for the entire family. Amen. This morning's daf has been dedicated anonymously in honor of Rav David Katz of Kastrudeika. Kastrudeika on 632 Kings Highway in Brooklyn, 718-375-7272. We want to acknowledge that Rav David Katz is the supplier of all our Gemariot art scroll for the daf Yumi in our shiur Tiskele Mitzvot Kastrudeika. Today's daf is being studied and Abraham ben Esther. We are starting on Pehe Amudrishon at the Tenan Hatam, as parallel to the Gilion Hashas on the uh, right margin. And the Gemara says, Tenan Hatam, we learned in a Mishnah. Hapigul ve'anotar metame'in et hayadayim. Pigul is a korban that the Kohen, while he was bringing it, he had kavanah to eat it past its time. That uh, meat of the korban is called pigul. Notar, as we know, is the leftover of a korban past its uh, designated eating time. So the Gemara says, both have something in common, if somebody touches them, their hands will become tameh, meaning the rabbis put a tumat rishon on pigul and notar, in order to make hands a sheni. Ravuna v'ravchazda. And Ravuna and Ravchazda explain why they did that. Hadamar mitne hashde kehuna. One explained it's because of the uh, suspicion that we have against the Kohanim. What is this suspicion? So the Mefarshim explain it, Rashi. Shehashudin nefagel korban mishum eba. Sometimes the Kohanim have enemies. So on purpose, they're going to make a korban pigul in order to, you know, uh, damage their, uh, you know, the one that they have uh, animosity towards. So gazu ala pigul So the rabbis came along and said, "All right, listen, if you're going to make it pigul, it's going to metame your hands." Kedeshi is this sarich latbil yadav kodim shiagiyah b'kshegav kodesh v'yatrihu. And therefore it's going to be a burden. That seems that while the Kohen were not, Kohanim were not scared to make things pigul, which is Avon, but when it came to Tum'ah Tahara, they were more careful. So therefore, obviously you're talking about a Kohen that's not a good guy. I mean, if he's going to mifagil something on purpose in order to, you know, spite his friend. But the explanation is, as Mifashim say, that they were more concerned about uh, Tahara. Uh, that if the guy is uh, capable to be fagel a korban, what does he care if uh, you put a tumat sheni in it? What was he worried about? And even the shaim, when it came to the tumat laws, they were careful. And one rabbi explained, because of the lazy Kohanim, Rashi says, And they might get lazy to eat the Qurbanot. So they said, uh, something becomes notar, Now they're going to have to go to the hands, go to the mikveh, etc. So therefore, uh, those are the two reasons. More matne apigul, or more matne notar. 
each rabbi was giving a different reason for a different item. One rabbi was giving a reason for notar, and one rabbi was giving a reason for pigul. pigul, the opinion that gave the reason for pigul, because of the suspicion that we have against the Quran that they're going to mifagel a korban on purpose to their enemies. And the opinion that learnt notar is The reason is because we don't want the Quranim to be lazy. And therefore we put a tumah on the notar. Now we have a mahluk between Ravuna and Rav Chazda. Mor matne kezayit, umor matne kabesa. Now we discuss the shi'ur of the notar and the pigul that's going to be metameh yadayim. One rabbi learns kezayit, and one rabbi learns kabesa. Man de matne kezayit, the opinion that learns the shi'ur of tum'ah is a kezayit kisuro. It's like the same shoot of the Isur. What's the Isur if a person uh, eats notar? Kezayit. What's the shoot if a person eats pigul? Kezayit. So they said a kezayit will have the ability to be metameyadayim. No, as we learned several times, there's a deen of tum'at ochrim. What's the shi'ur of the food that can transmit tum'ah? It's got to be a kabesa. So therefore they say the same thing over here. That by notar and by uh, pigul, it's got to be minimum a kabesa. So that is a machloket. Iba'ilu. Yomar has a question. Yotse gazru nabanan tumah olo. We learned that one of the things that is posila korban is yotse. If the animal goes outside Yerushalayim. So now the Gemara's question is like this. Did the rabbis put a tumah on yotse as well? Well, you tell me they put a Tumah on Pigul, they put a Tumah on Notar. What about a Qurban that was Yotzeh Hoshiru Shalayim? Did the rabbis make that Qurban also Tumah? Tumah? Mi Amrinan, Notar de Gazru Tumah de Atu Le'asulebe. Yeah, you tell me that when it comes to Notar, the reason why they made it is because they become lazy. Meaning, they're not going to eat the Qurban in the right time, so the rabbis had to put a Tumah in order to motivate them to eat it. But to make a gezrat that they're gonna go biyadaim and take the korban out, that already is too much. Which means maybe when it comes to notar, how you over notar passively, you just sit back and do nothing. So if it comes to laziness, we'll make a gezerah. However, to come along and say to make a gezerah that people can come take the korban and bring it out, we don't suspect that people can do that. And therefore, maybe we don't put a tum'ah. Or dilma no shena. Or maybe, maybe there's no difference. Tashema ever miksato. And we learned this. Uh, a bone, a limb of the animal. That part of it went outside Yerushalayim. So he said, you cut around the meat from the outside. And then you strip the meat back until you get to the joint. Right? And then you cut. You take it out. Take out the bone. If you're going to say that the rabbis were on that limb that went out, what are you going to gain by taking off that bone? Question mark. Which means if that bone is tameh, it's touching what it's attached to. So therefore it's going to tameh the rest of the korban. So therefore, what do you tell me? I just take off that bone. Because you know, that bone was yotze. So therefore, take it off. What do you mean? It's too late. If you tell me that the rabbis will go there on tumat yotze, isn't that bone connected to the animal? Where it's connected, it's going to cause Tum'ah. So if the whole Qurban is, uh, is finished, it's with Tameh already. Gemara answers, Tum'at starim hi. With Tum'at starim, lo metamiyah. This type of Tum'at is called Tum'at starim. Where is this bone attached? It's attached inside. Which means it's, uh, it's attached with ligaments to another bone. So in the place where it meets, that part is concealed. It's not like it's touching something on the surface. 
It's, it's touching something that's hidden. That type of Tum'ah is called Tum'at Setarim. And this opinion holds that Tum'ah cannot be transferred to a place that is Baseter, that is concealed. So therefore, even if you want to tell me that there were Gozer Tum'ah on the bone that was Yotzer, it's still not going to affect the rest of the Qurban. Because it's only Tum'at Setarim. It's a Tum'ah that's attached at a concealed spot that cannot convey Tum'ah. And Rashi says, we learned this from Masechet Ida, Daf Mem Gimal. Or Rabina, but according to Rabina, the Amar, Hibure Ochlim, Lav Hiburi. Rabina says, if you have a case, let's say, where a food becomes Tameh, part of a food becomes Tameh. So he says that when you have the food that's attached, we look at it as if it's detached. And therefore, one food will be able to metameh the food that's next to it. Even though the chaurat is tumat stadim, because it's all one piece, let's say. But he looks at it as the tameh part is broken, and therefore it's not tumat stadim anymore. It's as if you have one piece of food that's touching, another piece of food on its surface. So he says, It's not considered attached. It's as if it was... Uh, split. Ma'ika de memar. Ha kanaga ba'adade veka metameh. Which means, if you're going to say, according to Ravina's opinion, that we look at the tameh part as if it's detached, so therefore it's not too much stadim anymore. It's like you have a detached bone that's touching the surface of the bone that it's connected to. That's the opinion of Ravina. So comes the Gemara and says, so it's not too much study. Gemara says, Ela leman de matni kezayit de let be kezayit. Uman de matni kabetza de let be kabetza. Now we have an answer. The bone that went out, that we want to say, has tum'ah, but we'll say that that's subject to the mahloket that we learned. Either it's a kezayit or a kabetza. But we said there's a minimum shi'ur. So then we can answer very good. The reason why the bone is not going to metame the rest of the animal, because the bone that went out is either less than a kabetzah or less than a kezayit. Which is really, I'll tell you normally, when a bone goes out, the rabbis were gozer tum'ah. And according to Ravina, Lechaura, it should be metame the rest of the animal, because this is not considered tum'at. Starim. Oh, so why does the Mishnah say just pull off the bone and the rest of the animal is kosher? Because we're talking about a bone that is either less than a kabetza that cannot convey tum'ah, or it's less than a kezayit that cannot convey tum'ah. Good? Yeah. Less than a shiur. Less than a shiur. Hamotzi basar pesach mahabura lahabura. Uh, one of the Isurim in the Torah is when it comes to Quran Pesach, you're not allowed to uh, move from one group to another group. say Even if you're in the same house, let's say, and you're eating in one room, and you have another group eating in another room, you have to stay in your room when you're eating the Quran Pesach. You can't take the Quran Pesach and go from one area and go and eat it in a different area. So the Gemara says, Hamotzi basar pesach mahabura lahabura. Even though you transgressed a negative commandment, tahor. The animal is still tahor. So the Gemara says, My love, tahor, ve'asur. Meaning, the animal remains tahor, but what? Asur, meaning it becomes a. Uh, isur, because uh, you took it out from its place. Now, We want to make a correlation. We want to say, just like moving from one Chabura to another, would be similar to moving the Qurban outside Yerushalayim. And therefore, just like Mahabura Lahabura, 
is asur. So too, taking it outside Yerushalayim is asur. But still, what does the statement say? The animal remains tahor. So therefore, we have a, pr- a question. Why are you telling me that it's tamer? From this statement, it's mashma, it's tahor. Meaning, in the case of chabura la chabura, we have a clear thing. You are lo ta'aseh. Well, it's asur. But what does the bright of the Gemara clearly say about this animal? It's tahor. So we want to say, just like when it goes from chabura to chabura, that's similar to going outside Yerushalayim. And we're going to say what? Tahor. Which tahor? No. The Gemara is asking that question. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that when the animal goes outside Yerushalayim, it's tameh. It says it's asur to eat that pot. Mm. We want to ask a question in the Gemara. Did the rabbis gozer tum'ah on such a piece? Just like notar is not tameh, but the rabbis will gozer tum'ah on notar. Just like pigun is not tameh, but the rabbis will gozer so the Gemara wants to, is there such a thing called Tum'at Yotzeh? So the Gemara says, yeah, let's say there is a Tum'at Yotzeh. Gemara, I'll bring you a proof that there's not. Why? Because in a case where you move the Qurban Pesach from one Habura to another Habura, which is similar to moving it to a place that it's Isur, like moving it outside Yerushalayim, and what does the statement say? The animal remains Tahor, but it's Asur to eat. Why is that so to eat it? Because uh, Isur was done. So the Gebra says, Alma, lo gazu rabbanan, tumah. So you see what? The rabbis would not go there. Tumah. Gebra says, lo, tahor, umutar. Which means, when it's said in the case of Habura la Habura, and it said tahor, it meant not tahor in Asur. It meant tahor, umutar. Which means, even though you, uh, you did an Isur by moving it from Habura to Habura, it's still permissible to eat it. Which means, there's no correlation between Chutz la Habura to Chutz Yerushalayim. Because all the statements said by Chutz la Habura was, it is Tahor, it, it remains Tahor Vasur. Meaning, what is it Tahor Vasur? We thought Tahor, the Rehan remains Tahor, but why Tahor to eat it? That was our conjecture. That's not so. Tahor means Tahor. Umutar. There's no Isur at all to eat it. However, the Yotze Mahabura, the Habura, Lavka Yotze, it's not the same. And therefore, just because you're telling me in this case it's Tahor Umutar, it doesn't mean that in the case of Hutsu Shalaim it's going to be Tahor Umutar. Tashema. The person, he moved the Qurban Pesach from one group to another group. Gabriel is going to explain later on that that is Isur. Even for example, they're sitting in the same house. One group is in one room, another group is in another room. You can't move even within the same house to eat the Pesach from your designated spot to a different spot. So it says, Afati shehu belotase. Even though you did a lotase, taor, period. So now the Gemara analyzes. My love, tahor, meaning when it says tahor, that it's, uh, the animal is tahor, the asur. But what? It's going to be asur to eat it. Why? Because since you took it outside the habura, it's going to be asur to eat. So the Gemara analyzes. The yotseme habura, la habura, Something that leaves its group is similar to something that leaves its and becomes pasul and you cannot eat it. But still what? But still what does the Braita say? It is indeed Tahor Alma Logazu Rabbanan Tumah. So you see that the rabbis will not go there. Tumah. Gebra says, Lo, Tahor Umutar. I'll tell you now, when it said Tahor, it's not only Tahor, but it's permissible to eat it. Why? Di Yotse Mechabura Lachabura. 
לאו כיוצא חוץ למחיצתו דמה, ולא מפסל. כשכן כפה דה קייסס. Something that leaves חוץ לחבורה is טהור and you can eat it. מה שאין something that is יוצא חוץ לירושלים, I can argue and tell you that it's אסור to eat it, and what? It also has טומאה. There no proof. So Kavz Gavran says, וההקטני ספה. Yeah, but the end of that Brayta says, "Ha'ochlo hareze belot ase." That if somebody eats this um, basar that went from one habura to another habura, I mean the guy he took his korban pesach, went from one room to another room. You don't tell me that it's not asur to eat it. It says clearly in the Brayta, "Ha'ochlo." Is over a lot So therefore, we're back to the question. Really, it is asur, and therefore, I'll tell you. Just like this is asur to eat, but it says it's tahor. So to the case that went out of Yerushalayim, I'll say it's asur to eat, but it is. Tell me, the rabbis will not go there. Tumah. So comes the Gemara and says, "Bishlama leman damar bekabetsa, the eat bekezayit, v'let bekabetsa." Well, if you go with the court opinion that says the shiur that conveys tumah is a kabetsa, so I can say, what's the shiur that you took outside from one chabura to chabura? How much did you take out? I say you took out a kezayit. Therefore, I can tell you, since you took out a kezayit, it's not going to convey. Tum'ah, which means, that's why the Brayta said, Tahor. Because why? You took less than a Kabetzah. Because then we said it was a look at amongst the Vunan of Hazdah, what the Shi'ud is to convey Tum'ah. So if you say that the Shita is a Kabetzah, I say, very good. You took a kabetzah, less than a Kabetzah's worth of meat from one room to another room. What's the Brayta say the Deen is? Tahor. Why? Because it's less than the Shi'ud. And what? Because you're eating a shi'ud of more than a kezayit of isud. So therefore it makes sense implying that what? That if it was a kabetzah, it would convey tumah. However, But according to the opinion that says it's a kezayit conveys tumah. So therefore what are you going to say? It's tahor because it's less than a kezayit. Yeah, but if it's less than a kezayit, why does it say if you eat it, you're getting a lot ta'aseh? Because the shi'ud of akhirah, minimum is a kezayit. So according to that shita, this writer uh, doesn't make any sense. Again, if you say the shi'ud that conveys tum'ah is a kezayit, what do we say by a case of yotzeh mahabura lahabura? What's the deen? Yotzeh mahabura, it's tahor. Oh, tahor, so you have to say what? It's that Rabbi will explain because this piece that you move from one habura to another habura was less than a kezayin. Good. That's why it doesn't convey tumah. Hey, but it says at the end of that Braita that a person that eats that piece is over below ta'aseh. What do you mean? If it's less than a kezayin, you're not over because the shura bachira is a kezayin. So therefore, how is that opinion going to explain? So comes the Gemara and says, Ela. ביוצא בפסח לא מבעיילן דלא גזו לבנן טומאה. גברה קונקלוז, really? We have no question by קורבן פסח. By קורבן פסח that was יוצא, there is no טומאה. The rabbis were not גוזר טומאה. מי טעמה? בנה חבורה זריזינן ומזהר זהירי בה. Because the group that brings the Qur'an Pesach, they're careful and they warn each other. And therefore we don't have to be concerned that the basar of the Pesach go outside Yerushalayim. By other Qur'anot we have a question. By Qur'anot besides Qur'an Pesach, where it's not brought in a Habura. There we want to know if they went outside Yerushalayim, is it going to be? Tameonad, and to that the Gemara says, Tiku. So therefore, conclusion of this Gemara, the rabbis put a Tum'ah on Pigul. The rabbis put a Tum'ah on Notar. When it comes to the Tum'ah of Korban Pesach Shiyatsa, there is no Tum'ah. 
Why? Because Kohanim are, not Kohanim, Bnei Chabura are Zirizim. And the whole Sheila was for what? For Sha'ar Kodashim that are not brought in a group where you can't say Bnei Chabura Zirizim. And it went outside Yerushalayim. So the question of the Gemara is, is it Metameh or not? Now, let's just review quickly. The Gemara thought to... to Bring a uh, proof from the case of Yotze Mahabura La Habura. That means when the Quran goes from one group to another group, where the Gemara clearly says that that is Isur. Right? But the Gemara did say, the Braita, that it is Tahor. So we're assuming that what? It is Tahor, but the one that eats it is going to get a law Ta'asim. And the Gemara said that. You're going to have a problem to explain this according to the opinion that says the shi'ur is a kezayit. Because if you want to say what? If you want to compare the case of Habura to Habura, to the case of Shalayim, and you want to say that the dinim are similar, that what? Just like Yotzeh is asur to eat, so too Habura is asur to eat like the writer says. That you, see, you see clearly that they are. Similar, this, this Yotzeh is Asur like that Yotzeh, because both say it's Asur to eat. Kabbalah says, well, you can have a problem. Because by the case of the Yotzeh, Mechabura Lechabura, <coughs> it says it's Tahor. Now, how could you explain Tahor? Well, if you tell me it's less than a shoot of a Kabbetzah, I can tell you that's why it's Tahor. Because you mean it has to be a shoot at least of a Kabbetzah. But, if you hold that it's less than the shoot of a kezayit, according to that opinion, I understand why it's tahor. But why are you going to be a suit to eat it? The minimum shoot is a kezayit. So according to that opinion, we have a hard time explaining that brighter. Mm-hmm. That's why the Gemara concludes, really? Just like Yotzeh, the Chabura, the Chabura is tahor in all cases, so too is Kurban Pesach. Meaning, in all cases. The rabbis did not put a Tum'ah. Where was our question? The question was Bashar Kodashim. And what's the reason why we're not going to say by Pesah? Because, Bene Habura Zirizimen. Oh, how do you know that that's a suit? When you go from Habura to Habura. But she says, Even if you have a group of uh, two groups <coughs> in one house, how do you know it's a suit to go from one room to another room? Netanya, <coughs> we have a brighter. Lo totsi menabayit menabasar chutza. That what? You cannot take from the house the basar outside. Any elami bayit libayit. That only teaches me what? You can't take the meat from one house and eat it in a different house. Mahabura, Mahabura minayin. I know you can't even go from one group in the same house to another group and eat. Tamud lomar, chutza. From the word that it says, extra word in the pasuk, chutza. Chutz la'achilato. It teaches me that you can't even take it outside where it was designated to eat. Which means if you're designated to eat in one room, that's where you have to eat the Quran Pesach. So you can't go from that room and go to a, another room. Comes again when says, Amar of Ameh. Hamotzi basar pesach mahabura lahabura. If a guy does take piece of the Quran Pesach and he goes from one group to another group, Enu hayav achianiyah. He's not hayav until he places it down. It's like the laws of Shabbat. He has to make an akira from one group, right? And he has to place it down in the other group. The Pasuf said, So therefore it's similar to the laws of transferring on Shabbat. Just like on Shabbat, you're not until you lifted it up from one domain. And you put it down in a another domain. So too, boy, Kurban Pesah, you're not Qayyab until you okay in one Habura and you maniyah in another Habura. Rashi, Da'avad la'akira va'anakha ke Shabbat. De ba'ayin akira va'anakha da'ad shi'aniyah lo nigmira melakha. 
וגבי שבת וכל חיובי חטאת כתי בעשותה בעושה את כולה ולא בעושה מכסתה יבדו דהום מלאכה תמי עובר והיינה מהפגה גדולה בר חטאתו הוצאה כי אתה מעינה ראשית שתראה לי תראה איזה דבר בין דס איסור אין שבת שבת אם ידעו איסור יגלגל איסור יבדו מן קורבן חטאת here you just get an איסור you don't have to קורבן חטאת בבעלם ליין it's compared to שבת כוס הזה הוצאה, comes Gemara and says. First of all, where does it say הוצאה by Shabbat? Tosfot quotes the pasuk על יצא איש במקומו. And we learned in Masechet Shabbat that that pasuk על יצא איש is really to be read על יוצי איש. That a person should not transfer and carry something from one domain to another domain. Matif Rav Abab al-Mamal. Rav Abab al-Mamal has a question. היו סובלים אותם במוטות. We're talking about over here, the פרים הנשרפים. Remember we learned, there's a type of קורבן that's called a חטאת פנימי. That its blood is sprinkled on the inner מזבח. And we said that once they sprinkled the blood of these קורבנות, that she tells us, this is פר וסעיד of יום כיפורים. Right, that's the part that says they're born on Kippur, and par adem davar upar kohen Mashiach. Different types of korbanot that what that are nisrafim that are sorry are sprinkled inside. Then what do they do with the meat? They take the meat of that korban outside of Yerushalayim, outside of the three machanot, machanah shechina. That's the place where they brought it. The azara, that's the temple mount, let's say, and then even outside Yerushalayim. And what do they do with the meat over there? They burn it. And the deen is, the people that carry the meat of these parim and israfim, they take, didn't become tamir. So regular, that, that's the way you bring your korban. You take the, the animal, you sacrifice it, sprinkle the blood inside. Now the kwanim have to take this meat and bring it outside of Yerushalayim and burn it there. That's the way you uh, sacrifice this korban. So the hadush is like this. The Torah says that those that carry the meat become Tameh. Their clothes become Tameh. That's a halakha. When does the Tum'ah kick in? Once they leave the, <coughs> the area of the Beit HaMikdash, so already like the, uh, the Kodesh, so once they walk out, already the Tum'ah sets in. So now we have a case. You have two Kwanim, they're carrying this animal out. You've got one on the inside, and one on the outside. They're carrying it out let's say, on, a, on a pole. Mm. What are they carrying it out to do with it? To burn it. To burn outside Yerushalayim. So the Gebrach is like this. Hayu sovlim otam bimotot. Harishonim yatsu chutz lochomata azara. So the first guys, they exit the courtyard of the Beit HaMikdash. Ve'acharonim lo yatsu. Well, the Acharonim, where are they? They're still in the back. They're still inside the azara. Now once you leave the courtyard of the Beit HaMikdash, the Tum'ah sets in. Harishonim metame'im begadim. The first guys that left, the Begadim right away become Tameh. That's a, the law of the Torah. But the guys behind don't become Tameh till they walk out. The Gebra says, What are you talking about? I thought you're telling me that what? You need Akira and Anaha. The Pasuk by Parimus also uses the word, And they'll bring it out. Oh, the Otsu's got to be the Kotsa of Shabbat. The guy's still carrying it. He didn't put it down. Or how could it be over? So the Gemara says, not over, which means, how could you become Tameh? It says you only become Tameh when you took it out. So take it out means you have to make a Hanala. Gemara's answer, He questioned that he answered, What are we talking about? Either they were dragging it, so therefore it was on the floor already. Ortosfort says they were carrying it low within three to five of the ground, and then was lavud, and then was considered it is munach. Now let's read the last Ashi before the Mishnah. Just to get a picture of the Parim and Israfim. Parim and Israfim kegon, par visair yom kipurim, upar alim davar, upar kwen mashiach and Israfim, chutz legemul machanot. ויאלפינה בסדר יומה בפרק שני סעירים לעלם בשאר פרים נשרפים אתה נותן להם גימל מחנות אי, יגאו בריניה מעל גימל מחנות וכאן ביום הכיפורים 
אתה נותן להם מחנה אחת בתמיהה, because by Kippur it says must you want to take it out, one מחנה. דכתיב, יוציא אל מחוץ למחנה ושרף. אז מה השפעה from the Kippur פאר, you only have to go out one מחנה. So the Gemara Yoma asks a question. All the payments you really got to go out three. The part of you can put you only have to go out. One. That's what it's teaching you. That this Tum'ah that sets in right when you leave already, the first, The one that's involved in the burning, he has to clean his clothes. Why? Because his clothes become Tameh. Alma, so therefore, what I ask the answer, we're talking about where it's negradim, either dragging or within three tefachim of the ground. Comes the Mishnah. Ever You have a limb that it partly exited the wall of Yerushalayim. Again, we saw this. So you scrape the meat off the piece that went outside, because that meat is Isur, and you have to get rid of the meat. Then you strip the meat until you get to the uh, joint. Then you just pull from the joint, and you uh, uh, take the, uh, the bone, and you get rid of it. But when it comes to regular korbanot, we have no isur of ve'etzim notish berubo. Why are we telling you cut from the joint over here? Because on korban pesa you have a problem. You can't cut the bone, so you have to, you know, pull the meat back, scrape the meat in the front, what? Pull from the joint. But on a regular korban that also cannot go outside Yerushalayim, what do you do with the bone that left? Just break it. Just take take a, an axe or whatever it is and hack it. Why? Kotzets bekofits. Take a kofitz, that's like a, uh, a cleaver, and just uh, break it. Because there's no problem of breaking a bone of shal korbanot. You don't got to go to the, uh, to the joint. Now the Mishnah discusses. Min ha'agaf v'lifnim kelifnim, min ha'agaf v'lachutz kelachutz. Now, let's discuss... We're talking about over here the doors, either the doors of the Megdash area, or the doors of Yerushalayim. We want to discuss that as we know we have three machanot. You have the machanet Shekhinah, that's the Bet HaMegdash proper, right? Then you have machanet Leviyah, that's let's say the uh, Temple Mount. And then you have machanet Yisrael, that's considered Yerushalayim within the walls. So now we're discussing... Let's take uh, the uh, the Hazara of the Beit Hamikdash. You have gates. Now, the way the gates were, let's say you would have a door, okay? Now, you would have a space uh, between where the door opens and where it closes. Do you want to see a picture of this? You have a picture in your arts called 85B2. They have the actual door they're showing you a picture of. Okay, attached to the hinge, obviously. And they have what they're calling a door jamb. Which is the area that the door closes into. That's the space that the door closes into. Now, in order that the door doesn't swing back and forth when you close it, they have door stoppers. Little things that protrude outside the side in order to catch the door. So when you shut the door, it it clicks, it makes a noise, uh, you know... Uh, against those door stoppers. So now we're discussing this area that they call the door jam is called the agaf. So they're telling you, if you're on the inside of the agaf, so therefore you're considered in, meaning the azara. On the other side of the door jam of the agaf, you're considered outside the azara. That's considered the the border. Good, which means the gabe, korbanot, the gabe, the dinim. Depends what side you're on. Now let's read that in Nashi. Mena agaf v'lifnim k'lifnim. Agaf kari kol makom agafat adelet. That's the whole place where the door uh, fits. 
שהוא חופף ונוקש שם. That's the place where the door uh, clanks over there, because it has the door stoppers that it bangs against. וששוגרו, דהיינו משפת הפנימית של עובי הפתח עד מקום הנקישה שקוראים. Which means, when you close the door, right? So anything behind it is considered inside. Anything in front of it is considered outside. Now the Gemara is going to discuss what about the door jam itself? What about the agav itself? Agav itself, that little area? The Gemara will explain. Comes the Gemara and Mishnah continues. Hachalonot, the windows, ve'ov yachoma kedefnim. Rashi, hachalonot shebechomot Yerushalayim, the windows that are on, let's say, uh, the walls of Jerusalem. Ve'ov yachoma begova, and let's say the the thickness of the the walls of Yerushalayim, kedefnim. That's considered like inside the top of the walls and the. Uh, the window uh, the areas, it's considered like inside Yerushalayim. Okay, the Gemara is going to give a difference why by the windows, they consider them inside, and by the gates, they're going to consider them outside. Okay, so the windows and the thickness of the walls are judged as inside. So he explains over here, the window hollows in the walls of Jerusalem as well as the tops of the walls were judged as inside the city. Okay, comes the Gemara and says, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav, Vechen Netfilah. Oh, this law of the Agaf is also a law when it comes to Minyan. Meaning, if you have, let's say, nine guys standing on one side of the door. Right? If the tenth guy is standing on the uh, inside of the Agaf, so you can count him as a Minyan. He's considered Mistarif. If he's standing on the other side of the agaf, he's considered out. And then you cannot consider him as a tenth for the minyan. That's what Rashi learns. V'chein netfilah. Ufnigad Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. V'amar Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. Afilu mechitzah shal barzel. Enna mafseket ben Yisrael. L'avihim sheba shamayim. He says even a wall of barzel, steel, will not separate uh, the Jewish people to their father in heaven. Which is he holds... According to Rashi, even if you have the agaf there, and the guy is standing on the other side of it, you can count him as a minyam. Tosfot says that's impossible. How could you count the guy that's on the other side of the door as part of the minyam of the nine people that are on the other side? So he argues on Rashi, and he learns the case is talking about when you have ten guys already on one side. And the question is, can this guy on the other side answer Kaddish? He hears him saying Kaddish or Kiddushah. Can he answer? So the first sheet is telling you, no, you got to be on the right side with them in order to answer. But if the door is separate and you're considered outside, you can't answer. Where, according to Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi, he says, no, nah, even a wall of Barzil, so long as you can hear the Kaddish, it doesn't matter even if you're on the other side. That's the way the uh, Tosfor understands. That's we have a contradiction from the Mishnah itself. Amart, you said, mina agaf vilifnim kilifnim. You said from the agaf, from the door jam, and inside it's considered inside. Ha agaf atzmo kilachus. Rather, the door jam itself is considered outside. Now, emasefa mina agaf vilachus kilachus. From the door jam and out, it's considered out. Ha agaf atzmo kilifnim. Rather, the door jam itself is in. So make up your mind. Is the door jam, I mean that hollow space between the door stopper and the door itself, that area, what is it considered? Is it considered in or is it considered out? So it was Lakashia. Kan Bishari Azara, Kan Bishari Rushalaim. It depends what gates you're talking about. Now we clarify. There's the gates of the Azara, that's the courtyard of the Beta Magdash, and there's the gates of Yerushalayim. Meaning, when it comes to the gates of the Hazara, the door jam is considered inside. However, when it comes to the gates of Yerushalayim, the city walls and gates, that door jam is considered outside. Now, why would you make a difference between the gates of the Hazara to consider it inside, meaning the Agaf, and the 
gates of Yerushan, the Dagav is going to consider it outside. So I'll tell you. Because there's a law that says if somebody's a Mitzorah, he's a leper. Where does he have to go, the leper? Machane. How many Machanot? Three Machanot. He's got to go outside Yerushalayim. So the rabbis were concerned. The rabbis felt bad for the Mitzorah. Let's say uh, when he's going out, it's going to be sunny. Or it's going to be raining. So he's going to need to stand under a uh, gate. Mm. Now, if you're going to consider the agaf of the Sha'arim of Yerushalayim uh. outside, he can stand there and protect himself from the elements. But if you're going to consider the inside of the gates of Yerushalayim, like inside, he can't protect himself. So the rabbis were lenient when they re-sanctified, when Azah, Sofer, and Nehemiah came and rebuilt the gates of Yerushalayim, they did not sanctify the agaf with Kedushah, in order to keep the Mitzurahim if they want to stand there. The Gemara says that. The Amar of Shemuel Bar Yitzchak, B'pnei Ma'alonet Kedushu Sha'ilu Shalayim, B'pnei Shemitzurahim, Maginim, Tachtem, B'chama, M'pnei Chama, U'b'Geshamim, M'pnei Geshamim. Now, the Gemara further says that there was a certain gate on the Temple Mount also that they did not give it a Kedushah. And what was that gate called? Sha'are Nikanor. I'll tell you why. A Mitzorah on his seventh day becomes Tawar, but he has to bring a Korban. Now, until he brings a Korban, he doesn't have to go into the Beit HaMikdash. So therefore, he walks up to the gate of Nikanor. But the Rabbi said, in that Agaf of Sha'are Nikanor, he could stand. We're not going to consider that agaf inside, because then already you'd be isur, sukaret. You don't have to walk into the Beit Hamikdash, but we allow him to stand in there. What does he stand there at all for? Because the halacha says when he brings his korban, the kohen has to sprinkle the blood of the korban on his right thumb of the mesora and his right uh, toe, big toe, and also on his ear. Right? It says bohen yadav. I manit, boan raglav. I manit, val tenuch ozen. I manit. So therefore, the guy, the mitzvah, they have to stand the chani kanot. He's, he's legal. He's not in. He just extends his thumb in. The Rachel says, well, it's a suit to extend your whole body in, but part of your body is okay. So therefore, his thumb is considered inside. They sprinkle it. And then he would do the same thing with his big toe, etc. So the Shani Kanor had that dispensation as well. The Gemara says, Dama, you want to see Shani Kanor? Number five. Okay, in your article 85B3, <coughs> picture number five is the Nikanor gateway into the courtyard. Okay, so that's where the Mitzvah would stand. That's the Let's read Rashi. That's On the day of his county, that's the day he brings the Korban. He shaved the tabal, the arif shem shoba shevi'i, the odenu mechosal kipurim, but he still didn't bring his korban. The tanya ba komets mechosal kipurim shereknas azara on show karet. If a guy who didn't bring his korban goes into the azara, he gets karet. So therefore, when afkalam meotum atobo umachnis yadav misham na azara talem idam asham sheilu motziu lachutzi anefsal. Which means the Kohen is not allowed to go and put the blood into the Shani Kanor. Because Talakha says you have to sprinkle inside. So there's no option for the Kohen to sprinkle him outside. So you have a catch 22. The Kohen's got to be inside and the finger of the Mitzvah has to be inside as well. Where's he going to stand? So let him stand in Shani Kanor. There's no Kiddushah in Shani Kanor itself in the Agav. And he sticks his thumb inside, and they sprinkle. Comes Gemaran says, "Hachalonot ve'ovi yachoma." Amar Rav, Gagin, the roofs, the aliyot, and the uh, second floors. That's the aliyah, right? They're calling it the 
upper stories. Okay? Lonet Kadeshu. Shadush. That which we say Yerushalayim as Kedushah is only on ground level. But the roofs, that's the airspace of Yerushalayim, or the upper stories of Yerushalayim, there is no Kedushah, depending where you are. Whether you're in Jerusalem proper, or you're in the Azara, the Temple Mount, etc. Only the ground level. So comes Gemaran says, Ini, we have a contradiction. Amar Rav, Mishum, Rabbi Haya, Kezeta, Pesha, Paka, Igra. When the groups would eat the Korban Pesach, on Erev Pesach, when they would eat the Korban Pesach and recite the Halel, because they used to recite the Halel at the time of the eating of the Korban Pesach, it would cause the roofs to crack. Now we're assuming that what? That they would go, since there were a lot of people, they would go up and eat the Korban Pesach on the roofs. So they're up in Yerushalayim. Now you have to eat the Korban Pesach in Yerushalayim proper. Oh, so what did they do? There were so many people, and with the, uh, the thunder of the Halel, the rabbi said, well, you thought the roofs were going to crack. So Mashra, they were in the Korban Pesach on the roofs. Must be the roofs have Kedushah of Yerushalayim. Because if they don't have Kedushah of Yerushalayim, you can't eat the Korban Pesach over there. So the Gemara says, My love, the Akhli Be'igra, that they would eat on the roofs, Ve'amre be'igra, and they would say the halil also on the roofs. Question says law. The akle be'ara. They would eat to go around Pesach downstairs in Yerushalayim, ground floor. Ve'amre be'igra. Then they would go upstairs and they would recite the halil. So there's a um, there's a very interesting devar Shemuel. The Oscar here brings it down. He says, it is from this that we have the custom on the night of the Seder that towards the end of the Seder, when we get to Halal, we open the door. Now customarily, so we open the door to invite Eliyahu and Avi. But he says that we're commemorating the way they used to do it in the olden days. They used to eat the Quran Pesah in their homes. Then they would open their doors and they would leave and go up to the roofs because there was a lot of people and they would recite the Halal together. So today we don't have uh, the Beit HaMikdash, we don't have the Quran Pesah, but what? To commemorate that, that was the custom that right after Quran Pesah, you leave. Where do you leave? To go to the roof to say that. So you open the door to symbolize that Minhag. So comes the Gemara and says, Ini, we have a contradiction. How could you tell me to eat? Downstairs, then they went to the roof to say the Halil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what does this mean, this statement? Mm-hmm. Which uh, literally means uh, when one may not conclude the feast after eating the Pesach offering with Afikoman. Which means, after you cannot conclude the Pesach. After Korban Pesach, you do not conclude with Afi Koman. What is Afi Koman? Ashi. When you finished the meal, the Hainu, Ara Pesach, we know the Korban Pesach was the last thing they ate. Shehu ne'echal ba'harona ala sabah. Sheken chobat kula korbanot. Incidentally, all sacrifices were always eaten on a full stomach. Not that it was Achila Gasa, not that it was a... Uh, you know, uh, uh, eating it was you couldn't uh, eat it, but it means you have to eat not when you're hungry, because the korban have to be eaten like royalty. Royalty they're never hungry. They always have food in their stomach, so the korban was always eaten at the end of the meal. Kedekai malan lemoshal gedula kederek shemelachim ochlin. Now, en niftarin al yede afikoman. Now, what is afikoman? Ve'amarav afikoman. Lashon hotziu kelechem mikan venelech venochal od b'haburacheret apikumana, meaning take your vessels here and let's go somewhere else. The rabbis did not want you to go eat after the korban pesach. You can't now, even the rabbis held at this point, you can't even if you finish the korban pesach, take your vessels and go sit down in a, another. Group. The rabbis were concerned they did not want somebody to come to eat, let's say, Korban Pesach from a different group. So therefore the rabbis said you can't eat anything after the Korban Pesach because they're worried if a guy's going to start even going to another group, let's say, 
after the Quran Pesach, what's going to happen? He might come to eat from somebody else's Quran Pesach. They said, you know what? <coughs> There's no eating after the Quran Pesach. You cannot take your vessels and go bring it to a different group. So the Gemara is assuming at this point, how then after they finished the Quran Pesach, they went up to the roof to read the Alayla. It's like they, they're going to a different area after the Quran Pesach. So the Gemara says, And Rav explained this, that they should not go from one group to another group. Okay. So again, so the Mishnah thus means that after the members of a group eat the Pesach, they may not leave and eat anything in a different location. This is a rabbinic restriction because they don't want you to eat the Quran Pesach in two places. That's the problem. They're worried if we let you go somewhere else, you might take your Quran Pesach and eat it in a different place. So they told you, after you finish your Quran Pesach, you can't eat anything. So now there's no hashash that you might take from the Quran Pesach and go to a different place. You ate your Quran Pesach, finished. There's no more eating. So out of this concern that one might take some of the Pesach to another location, the rabbis prohibited eating anything in a different location or going to a different location. So let's say, a Gezeraya, let's say the Gezeraya, we don't want you to eat, the Torah says you can't eat a Korban Pesach in a different location. So how did the rabbis protect that? The rabbis said, after Korban Pesach, you can't eat anything. By saying you can't eat anything, You'll never come to eat the Quran Pesach at a different location because you can't eat anything. Now you can't have uh, fruit, you can't have uh, uh, anything. So comes the Gemara and says, La Kashya. Kam Bishat Akhila, Kam Shlom Bishat Akhila. Simple answer. The Gemara says, When did the rabbis make this Gezira? At the time of the eating of the Quran Pesach, which means they don't want you to leave from one group to another group, you have to stay. After you finish uh, eating the Qurban Pesach, however, if you want to go say the Halal in a different section, there was no Gezera on that. The way that explains over here is Halal is recited after the meal has ended. At that time, there's no longer any concern that the members of the group might carry some of the meat with them. The Gezera was what? There's some Qurban Pesach left. You might go and eat it somewhere else. So that's only was said what at the time of the eating. However, if you eat, it's okay. So that's what they did in the times of uh, the Beit Hamikdash. Last point: Tashema Abba Shaul Omer Aliyat Bet Kodesh Kodashim Hamura Me Bet Kodesh Kodashim. The Gemara says the uh, raised areas or the high areas over the Kodesh Kodashim were more holy than the Kodesh Kodashim itself. Now we just said that the upper areas of the Beit HaMikdash were not sanctified. Now how do you know they were holier? So the Gemara says, Shebet Kodesh Kodashim, Kohen Gadon Nechnas Lo Pa'am Achat B'Shana. On the Kodesh Kodashim, the Gemara go in once a year. Ba'aliyat Bet Kodesh Kodashim, En Nechnasim La'ela Pa'am Achat B'Shavua. They would only go up on that raised area once every seven years. Ve'amlilah, and some say twice in seven years. And some say it would go upwards every 50 years. In order to uh, fix the Kodesh Kodashim, they would go on top and get a, a bird's eye view of the Kodesh Kodashim to know the maintenance, what it needs. But they wouldn't go so, so, so often. Why? Because this area that was elevated over the Kodesh Kodashim was even holier than the Kodesh Kodashim. But that goes against what we just said. The rules of Jerusalem, we said, are not considered Kodesh. You're asking a question from the Hechal? Which is literally, it means, from the Hechal, a person's going to... Uh, uh, get up uh, and ask a question? Which means, you ask me a question from the Echal? The Echal is different. Why? Shani Echal Dekhtiv Fayyitin David L'Shlomo Beno Et Tavni Ta'olam Ve'et Patav Ve'et Kanzecha Ve'aliyota Ve'hadara Ve'pinimim U'bet Kapor Tukhtiv Ha'kol Bekhtav Miyad Hashem Alay Eskil Which means, all the... Um, Plans of the Beit Hamikdash, David Amelik gave to Shalomo, and it says he gave him the 
they give me the pesukim. He gave him the antechamber, the structures, the storage rooms, the upper chambers, the inner rooms, the ark cover, which is all these things were given to David. And where did David get the plants from? All of it came from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and therefore Hakadosh Baruch Hu was Mekadesh, all these areas, mm. not only the Kodesh but the Aliyot of the Kodesh. So don't bring me a question from the Hechal that was uh, 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 blueprinted by God to the places of the uh, Yerushalayim that were not. So therefore, there's a difference between the Bet Hamikdash area and the gates of and the areas of Yerushalayim. Baruch Hashem.